Welcome. Thank you for joining us for this episode from Avondale Baptist Church. We are so happy to be sharing the Word of God with you and hope that this message is a blessing to you. And now, here's Brother Richard. And redeeming love, saving love, rescuing love, justifying love, 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 but yet we, it's hard for us to find love, it's hard for us to be loved, it's hard for us to experience love. Why is that? Especially if we're a believer, we still feel it's so hard to love others. It's hard to be loved. But yet, God is love. God is love. I like that last song that we sung, Lord, I need you every hour. And that is so true. I need him every hour, every minute. I can't expect to to only need him on Sunday mornings, but I need him every minute of every day of my life. And we're coming now where Ruth meets Boaz and begins to find provision and hope for a brighter future for her and Naomi. And we're going to see God's sovereign hand of blessing. It's going to be seen in the way that Ruth is being treated. And what I want you to to get out of this church is that even when times seems dark, even when you are in your darkest time of your life, that may be right now, things may not just go as, as well as you think it should be going. Maybe you just got out of that dark season, or maybe you're fixing to get into that. I want you to be sure that I want you to know that God is in control of every situation. God is in control of every situation. And he places us, he places you where you need to be and when you need to be there. He places where you need to be, when you need to be. God is in full control, and sometimes it's hard. Because sometimes we want to go with our own feelings. We want to go with our own heart. We talked about it in our Sunday school class this morning. But in Isaiah 55, verse 8, God says, For my thoughts are, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration. We may think that we have it all together. We may think that we have a better plan. We may think that we are wiser. But when it comes to God's thoughts, our thoughts are down here. When it comes to his ways and our ways, our ways are down here. I ended last week's message 
with, I just wanted you to realize the commitment that Ruth has with Naomi. The commitment, the dedication that she had to, to just go along uh, with her on the journey to, to spend the rest of her life with Naomi. The book of Ruth is it's a personal, it's prophetic, and it is full of all, it's full of theology. And remember, it was written during the dark days of Israel judges. And through Ruth's experience, we see the demonstration of God's providence. We see the demonstration of God's grace, God's love, and God's redemption. We know that Ruth was from from Moab, and her mother-in-law, an Israelite, her name was Naomi. They were living in Moab when her husband and her two sons passed away. Her husband and both of her sons. And Ruth made a faith-based decision to go back to Israel. And one thing that kind of just I realized was that they moved to Moab because they were what? Experiencing fam- uh, famine shortage. And they went to a land that they didn't belong to. They were foreigners. And her sons married those foreigners. But in Bethlehem, when they moved back, Ruth experienced God's grace. She experienced his redeeming love and his invisible hand was at work and we see later on as we come to the end of this series the genealogy of Ruth and how Ruth and Jesus is connected Let us pray. Father God, we just thank you and love you. That every single person that is here this morning. Every single person that chose to be here at Avondale Baptist Church. It's not by coincidence. It's not by chance. And it's not by luck. You have placed every single one of us in this place right here for this particular time. And so, Father, I pray that we do not take what you have for us for granted. There may be some of us here that feels lost, that feels unloved, that feels alone. Father, I pray that you would speak to them. Father, I pray that we would surrender it all to you this morning and that you would minister to our spirits. Father, we love you. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Chapter 2, verse 1. There was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth, of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. So Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him, in whose sight I may find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. We're going to right, stop right there. I want, I want you to see that Ruth takes the initiative to gather food for her mother-in-law. Some of us would have allowed our mother-in-laws to starve to death. But not Ruth. She's get it dedicated. And I want you to also remind you that Ruth told Naomi that her God is her, is, is her God. She's going to worship the same God that her mother-in-law is worshiping. She's going to go wherever she goes. And it's because I believe the way Naomi was with her true God. Ruth's actions are in line with, if you go to Deuteronomy 24, 19, that was a custom back then, which allots the leftovers of the harvest field as provision for the poor, including the widows. Harvesters were supposed to allow the poor to pick up the grain that fell during the harvesting process. And Ruth, hopes to find a field where she may be allowed to glean, to pick up the leftovers. The culture was quite different. Ruth asked permission before even going out. I have to believe that sometimes the poor wasn't really taken care of like they should have been. Like the law, Leviticus laws, Moses laws. Even though it was law to to allow them to glean, Ruth still asked for permission. I just want to take a side note here is. God calls us to serve. He calls us to serve the widows. He he calls us to serve the needy. There is no and ifs or buts about it. There is nothing to pray about when God calls you to help someone. God, there's no need to pray about it when God wants you to Give food to somebody that is in need of food. God wants us to serve. Even though we may not experience it here in our own lives, I guarantee you. We either have relatives or we know someone who are hungry.
verse 3, it says, Then she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. See, while Ruth was coming to Boaz's field, it might have seemed like it was a coincidence. This poor widow that is with her mother-in-law is gleaning in the field. And we're going to see that she is there hours and hours and hours. She's there all day to picking up scraps, to pick up leftovers. But we're going to see later is that Naomi recognizes that it's God at work. Even though it may not make sense right now and they cannot see it right now, we will see shortly that God is at work. And I'm telling you, church, right now that you may be going through something right now and you don't understand why you're going through that and you're trying to connect the dots, but I'm telling you that God is at work. This is what's so awesome about His Word is that we have His Word to teach us, to show us. So that we can hear from God. I want you to put your, yourself in, in Ruth's sandals. How she may feel. Remember at the end of chapter 1, Naomi was bitter. She was so bitter. She says, don't call me Naomi anymore. For I am bitter. I want you to know that nothing happens by chance. Absolutely nothing happens by chance. No one just happens to be anywhere. And I like how the scripture used happened to come. And she happened to come to the part of the field that belonged to Boaz. Verse 4. Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his servant who was in charge of the reapers, Who's this young woman? Whose young woman is this? I don't know why, what what drew his attention to her. Maybe it was her beauty. Maybe he saw her just working hard on the fields, working the, the leftovers. Chapter, uh, verse 6, it says, So the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered and said, It is this young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. And she said, Please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and has continued from morning until now, though she rested a little in the house. Then Boaz said to Ruth, you will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not go to glean in another field nor go from here, but stay close by my young women. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap and go after them. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? 
And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from that the young men have drawn. So she fell on her face, bowed down to the ground and said to him, why have I found favor in your eyes? That you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner. And Boaz answered and said to her, it has been fully reported to me. It has been fully reported to me. He got the full scope, the the full scoop of Ruth. He got the 411. He did a Facebook check and Instagram check and her profile and everything that she was doing was right. It has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you have left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and have come to a people who you did not even know before. And the Lord repay your work and the full reward be given you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge, <sighs> reaping what you're sowing. That's dedication. That is dedication. And she's, she's getting rewarded because Boaz sees her dedication, her commitment. That word commitment, for some reason, has been coming up a lot in conversations with other people and And everything like that. And it seems like that is one of the biggest problems for people to have is commitment. Why is it so hard to have commitment in anything? Commitment in a relationship. Right? Especially us men. It's hard for us to be committed. Maybe even commitment to your job. Maybe commitment to your friends, your Commitment to your church. But what about commitment to Jesus? I left that question at the end of service last week as I asked you, how committed are you to Jesus? Not committed to Richard Acuna, not committed to Avondale Baptist Church, but how committed are you to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior? How committed are you? I love how how Ruth believes that she should be disqualified from fair treatment. You talk about a humbleness. She felt like she was disqualified for fair treatment because she's a foreigner. I don't deserve this. Boaz essentially told Ruth that she was just simply reaping the blessings of the kind of life that she had sown. She was reaping the blessings of the kind of life that she had What have you been sowing in your life? 
Are you sowing things of God? Or are we sowing selfish things? Are we sowing fleshly things? Are we sowing things that make sense to us? Are we sowing things that feels right? Are we sowing things that are just fleshly? See, we all want to reap a good harvest from God, right? We all want God to provide, and we want his sovereignty, and we want his grace, and, he, we, and we do, we have his grace, and we have his mercy. But let's be honest Let's just be real, right? We want more to God, right? We want more of God. We want more from God. But yet, we don't want to be as committed as he calls us to be. And we're not going to get everything perfect. I will not get everything perfect. But I just want you to see. I just want you to understand the songs that we sung this morning. It's about God loving you. About God loving me. Me and Todd, and I hope you don't mind me sharing, Todd, but me and Todd were talking. We had a powerful prayer time this morning, and we actually had a worship, pretty much a worship service, and and just preaching to each other. And he says, why can I not? Just why can I not just do the things that I need to do when it comes to God? I love God. I know I do. But why can I just spend more time with him? I'm like, I don't know. We talked about it. Different things, maybe different for different people. But let's be honest with us. How many, how much time do we truly commit ourselves to the Lord? How much time do we really commit ourselves to the Lord? See, when we find ourselves being committed to him and we take those steps of faith that even sometimes, a lot of times, it doesn't make sense, right? Because his thoughts are not my thoughts. His ways are not my ways, right? But when we start taking those steps of of faith and, okay, God, I don't know what you want me to do here at Avondale, but I'm going to take that step to join Avondale. Boom, he starts doing things, right? He starts doing, God, I don't know why you want me to give this person a ride, but I'm going to give this person a ride. Boom, then you start seeing the glory of God in everything through those little things. And sometimes we rob God from allowing him to work because we just don't want to do things because sometimes it makes us uncomfortable or it just doesn't make sense. Why would Ruth go back? Why would Ruth follow her mother-in-law to a foreign land that was to her? It comes down to God. Because she was not following Naomi. She was following the true God. The true God that Naomi was worshiping. She wasn't following her mother-in-law. We need to be following God. and Whatever he calls us to do. And when we start doing that. And we start trusting and obeying. We'll start seeing that harvest 
that we long to reap so much, that good harvest, that good fruit. See, because of Ruth's faithful commitment, Boaz pronounced the blessing on her and asking that the Lord under his wing that she had come for protection will provide that covering. Verse 13. Then she said, let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and have spoken kindly to your maidservant. Though, though I am not like one of your maidservants. Now Boaz said to her at mealtime, Come here and eat of the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed parched the grain to her. And she ate and was satisfied and kept some back. And when she rose up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men saying, let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her. Also, let grain from the bundles fall purposely for her and leave it that she may glean. And he says, do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening and beat out what she had gleaned. And it was about and epha, it was an ancient Hebrew dry measure equivalent to a brushel, or I mean, I'm sorry, a bushel. Then he took, she took it up and went into the city, and her mother-in-law saw that she had gleaned. And she brought out and gave to her what she had kept back after she had been satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, where have you gleaned today? And where did you work? Blessed be the one who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, this, the man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord who has not forsaken his kindness to the living and the dead. And Naomi said to her, This man is a relation of ours, one of our close relatives. Close relatives. That was a big deal. That was a big deal back then. Just a little side note that was in my Bible. And it says this, that close relative, the Hebrew word refers to a relative who acted as a protector of the family rights. He could be called upon to perform a number of duties. He says, one, to buy back property that the family had sold to. Two, to provide uh, for a deceased brother by marrying that brother's wife and producing a child with her. Or three, to buy back a family member who have been sold into slavery, slavery due to poverty. Or maybe a fourth thing is to avenge a relative who have been murdered by killing the murderer. It's crazy. The scripture called God the Redeemer. And we see that Naomi realized that this relative is a redeemer. This close relative. 
And it's the same thing as Isaiah 60, verse 16 is saying is that God is our redeemer. He calls us into a relationship with him. He wants to redeem me. He wants to redeem you. He wants to redeem us. And oh, first Peter chapter one, verse 18. Jesus is the redeemer of all believers. Of all believers. Remember, Naomi was bitter. She was bitter towards God. She was she knew that there was nothing that she can offer to her daughter-in-laws. And I just love the change. I just love how she goes from bitter to seeing God's favor. There's some of us, some of you this morning that has been bitter towards God. And he's telling you that he has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for you. And even though you may not be able to connect the dots right now. He has a purpose. See, we see God's provision in, in his word. And we see the divine connection that has occurred with Ruth and Boaz. Naomi encourages Ruth to work in Boaz's field. Naomi encourages her to get to know him. They know that Boaz was was showing kindness to Ruth. And we see they ended up getting together. Boaz became her redeemer. Make no mistake, church, and I'm closing with this. God can work through your circumstances. Man, he could work in your circumstances today to bring about a future of blessings and a future of of a relationship with the true king, with the true God. And he could work through your circumstances today, even to change the world. You may not be able to connect the dots right now. And you may may never see the dots on this side. But God is working. God is all powerful. And he is continuing to work. And it's the same God that was in Ruth. It's the same God that we serve Today, it's the same God that was born to a virgin. It's the same God who made water to wine. It's the same God who has healed many people. 
He, had the, he was, allowed the, the blind to see. He healed the paralyzed to walk. Mark chapter 5, he healed the man that was going crazy, that was demon-possessed. We see Jesus raising the dead. Jesus calming the storm. He allowed his disciple to walk on water. This same God that has the same power is the same God that we worship. Why do we worry? Why do we go each day with fear? Remember, his thoughts are not our thoughts. And his ways are not our ways. All he wants, he just wants a relationship. It was said a lot this morning in some of my conversations. It's about a relationship and not a religion. It's about a relationship, not about religion. Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? As Gary comes up and begins to play and I know it's hard. We were talking about this in our Sunday school class that, yeah, we could see God's work in our past, right? We could see him. We could connect the dots. But the hard thing is, is we want to see him in the future, right? We want to see what he's going to do. If I make this decision or I take this turn or or go this way, we want to see him at work. But a lot of times. We have to take that step of faith. We walk by what? Faith. Not by sight. So Gary, as you begin to play, I, I pray that, that God is speaking to you in a mighty way because do you have a relationship? Let's just start there. Man, do you even know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Do you even know this man who died on the cross? That's where we need to start. If you don't, man, we're just going to go to the basic. Man, if you die today, do you know where you're going to go? There is life after death. And if you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you don't receive him as your Lord and Savior, there is a place. Not that God sends us, but we send ourselves because of the choices that we make. But if you know, like you know, if you... (sighs) Jesus, you're so good. Thank you for allowing us to have a place in heaven. If you receive him, you do not have to worry about death. You don't have to worry about sickness. You don't have to worry about tears. You don't have to worry about pain. That's our ultimate goal is that we want to experience heaven here on earth. But he calls us have a relationship with Christ and it's only through Christ 
And maybe that's what he's asking you today is just take that step forward. If that's you, please take this opportunity now. Thank you, Father God, for this wonderful message. We pray that it has been a comfort and a blessing to our listeners. Thank you for taking the time to join us here at Avondale Baptist Church. Until we see you again, always remember, Jesus loves you.